to always get the latest Game Tea, do not forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. We post memes, gaming news, retweet friends of the pod, and of course, let you know when new episodes are available for your listening pleasure. Links are all available in the description of this episode, so check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. And welcome to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. My name is JP. And I'm Czar. We've got one topic today, but it is an extraordinarily important topic. We are talking about the Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, it's on the top of everyone's mind right now. It mm-hmm. came out just a few days ago, almost a week by the time this episode comes out. Give or take, still relevant. Yeah. Still and killing so it. Naturally, the game team went and checked it out. Mm-hmm. After the, Afterwards, we've got a few quick takes and some game releases to talk about. But of course, Czar, what are you drinking? All right, well... Ran to local gas station and picked up a couple 32-ounce Miller High Lives. How much did you pay for each one of these? I think it was like five bucks a beer. That's pretty damn good. <laughs> it's a lot of beer. There's 32 ounces. The, I, sh- the champagne of beer. I, I looked for uh, 40 ounces because I thought it'd be kind of fun to, to brown bag was, some 40s for say, today's You're going to get us 40s? Some but, Colt 45 to fucking record the podcast? Hell yeah, but... Nah, 32-ounce Miller High Lives will do. Have you ever had Colt 45, by the way? Or I your... didn't know that was an actual beer. I've had uh, 40 no, Colt, Colt 45 is real. I think technically it's malt liquor. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Quote-unquote, but I mean, come on. That's that's brown baggable. Yeah. That's... <laughs> I'd see some people hanging outside of gas stations with those. That's what I'm saying. After 12 <laughs> ounces, it tastes the same to me. Hell yeah. What games you playing? Uh, Jesus Christ. It's, um, I relapsed. Uh Uh-oh. I'm still on Hogwarts Legacy. (laughs) You're still on Hogwarts, just crossing your T's and dotting your I's? I mean, no, that's literally 100% what it is, is just I want all the trophies now. I'm like five trophies away. But here's the problem with being a completionist with Hogwarts Legacy. You technically need one playthrough. Not a complete playthrough, but you technically need one game file where you are a part of each one of the four houses to get the full 100% trophy. Yep, because there is a secret trophy for every single house to be up to, like, finding the map room. Yeah, that no, that's every literally house. a Jackdaw's Rest or whatever, like, yeah. that quest. Like, literally, once you find the map room, which is given, that's like, what, an hour? Oh, I'd say after it's getting more. Sorted. It's like okay, after getting sorted, maybe hour, hour and a half ish, but it's still a a good couple hour chunk into the game. That that means that you literally just have to start a new game. If now, if you're a smart, what you're going to do is you're going to make a new save file right when you get sorted, so that at least you don't have to do the prelude again. Oh yeah, and that prelude, it, going through that four times gets daunting. I'm just, yeah, one hundred percent. I'm sure it does. So. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> have fun with that. What something that kind of made me mad about that game, at least from a collectionist standpoint, is once you fill out the challenge of finding like hidden pages, Revelio pages, you no longer have any incentive to keep collecting those mystery pages. You get no XP 
Um, if it's not a Revelio page, you don't get any indication that you even found anything. It's a double-edged sword. Like, take the Demiguy statues, for example. Like, technically, you do not need to actually complete the quest and get Alohomora level 3. You don't need to get all the Demiguy statues to get that, right? Yeah. What you do need to do is get all the Demiguy statues if you just want to be a completionist and, like, get all the... Mm-hmm. Which, unfortunately, I am, and unfortunately, I've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so. there, there, there is a trophy achievement that is finding all the demiguy statues, too. Yeah, I, I went through a lot of that completionist stuff. I've only got a couple things left. I think it's just those achievements for the houses. Mm. But I just don't want to go back yet. <laughs> I will say that there's been one game that's been in my eye that I did start on the PS5 the other day. Just to, just to get started, because I'm ready to move on, but I just can't until it's done. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been seeing that all over the place. How is it? Um, I'm only about an hour in. It's interesting. I can be so judgmental of a game when I first start playing it. I always have, This is a true story, by the way. I always have to tell myself I did not like Breath of the Wild for the first six hours I played it. Okay. And then I grew to love it. That's kind of my internal instinct of, like, you know, give the game a real chance. Like, I don't know. There's something right now about the game where, like, it just feels a little unintuitive to play. But, I mean, mm. if that makes sense. But, like, I think it'll grow on me. I just have to give it a little more playtime. And I get that. I mean, especially from coming off of playing Hogwarts, a game as critically acclaimed as Hogwarts. Right. It's like coming off of an exit on the interstate where you have to go 50 miles an hour now. It just feels different. It's not what you it's want. It's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, because I when I got done with Hogwarts, I went straight to Atomic Hearts, and I fucking hated that game. It's Atomic Hearts is not a bad game. Eventually, I'll go back and beat it, but I was just going through that withdrawal of... It's not Hogwarts. It's not right. as good a game as I was just playing. It's not exactly like that game. So, of course, uh, 100%ing uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, I decided I want a 100% God of War Ragnarok, because technically after the story, and I mean that in itself was 60 hours as well. Yeah. I dropped that off, but I'm like, I got to finish it. I just, like, I finished the story, but I mean, I got to, like, 100% that bitch. Oh, yeah. And now I got Ghostfire Tokyo, and hopefully that is enough to get me through until uh, Tears of the Kingdom yeah. drops early next month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the May 12th, I believe. Right before your birthday, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two yep. days before my birthday. Right before your birthday. Hell yeah. I'm very so, excited about that. Good birthday present. Yeah. It's going to look good on the OLED. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't really upgraded will. to the OLED yet, which have you? I haven't, but I'm thinking that Tears of the Kingdom will be my jump to upgrade. Okay, well, if that's the case, you know they've got, like, this special, like, Tears of the Kingdom OLED out right now. Oh, yeah. Right? You've oh, seen yeah. that bad boy? I think we've talked... We haven't talked about it much, but it's out. Yeah, yeah. We haven't talked about it much, but it is definitely out there. There is a limited collector's edition for the OLED Switch, and I might try to get my hands on it. If you can find it, dude. Yeah, if you can. That's a big if old you if. Can, yeah. Big old if. And, I mean, given Switch 2 or whatever it's going to be called is... Uh, kind of, Probably this time next year we're going to be talking about Switch 2. I bet so, yeah. I mean, the Switch's lifestyle or lifespan has kind of run to its end, and we're just yeah, needing we're dead, a new dude, hardware. We're getting there. I mean, because even like newer and newer Switch games are running less and less pristine on past-gen Switches. 100%. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, you got all the frame rate drops between, like, Pokemon games and even Breath of the Wild. So hopefully we have that Switch Pro, Switch 2 around the corner. I think so. I think it's coming. All right, should we get to the meat and uh, potatoes of what we're doing today? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just briefly mention that I'm just going through my second playthrough of Resident Evil 4. Did I not ask you what you're you playing? You did not. Oh, I'm such you a dick. You are so rude. We just got done talking I'm for sorry. like 10 minutes about you, and you were ready to move on. I'm so, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What uh, Resident Evil 4, how's that going? Yeah, yeah, it's it's just that. Um, I beat my first playthrough, so now I'm playing on a higher difficulty, and I'm about at the same place as I was last time, getting ready to finish up the second playthrough. It's, uh, like, just after one playthrough of Resident Evil 4, I've already got, like, all of the maps and treasures memorized in my head, just like for the original game. And then you're moving on to Atomic Hearts? Is that what you said? No, I'm hoping that Resident Evil 4's playthroughs will carry me to, like, the 21st of April, because then I have uh, Dead Island 2 pre-ordered. So then Dead Island 2 will carry me to Tears of the Kingdom. That... Yeah, I can't imagine Dead Island's got that much content in it, so it should be. Yeah, it'll but, be fun. But it's an it's an open-world RPG, so it'll be fun just, like, grinding, running around, killing zombies, leveling up until the next big thing comes yeah, out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. On a brief note, that's all I had. All right. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for asking. Thanks for asking how's ours doing. Asshole. All right. Now, we have to talk about the Mario movie, because it's a Super Mario Bros. movie. It's been out for, like you said, a- about a week as of, at the time that this episode's dropping. Everybody's put out an opinion on this video, and they should, because it has just been so crazy to see the cultural phenomenon that has surrounded this movie, right? We'll get into it a little bit later, but this is the third biggest release of an animated film in U.S. history. Like, yeah. opening. Like, it's doing phenomenally. But even with that, it's had controversy, weirdly enough. People have had different opinions about it. By the way, that controversy has nothing to do with the movie itself. It's just people being stupid. But we'll Never talk. is. Yeah, I was going to say. But before we set the scene of the real movie, let's set our movie-going experience. We are no longer the Game Tea Podcast in this moment, my friend. Quiet on set. Places, everybody. And... We are the Movie Tea Podcast. Oh, sorry, Chaz. You just missed the cut. I know. <laughs> he loves talking about movies, but sucks to suck. Maybe you shouldn't have moved to Colorado. Yeah. Maybe the... you should be here in Omaha with us right now. <laughs> yeah, where we don't have weed dispensaries around. Where are you at, Chez? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we so we kind of we almost saw the movie together but we just had two different uh game plans on Saturday. So tell me about you and Lauren's viewing experience. So we went to the Alamo Draft House uh cuz that's the movie theater that serves, like, food, right? Like, yeah. Like, actual restaurant-style food while you're sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you order popcorn, it comes in, like, a metal tin as opposed wow. to one of those disposable. Yeah, they're bougie as hell. Um, there weren't a lot of people in my showing. About half full because uh, we went early enough in the day. But it was great. There was no disruptions. The Everything was very hospitable and clean. Yeah. It was, it was a good experience. And it was the first time I've been to the movie theaters uh since what was that movie we uh, Cocaine Bear? Yeah, yeah. Cocaine, since we saw which, Cocaine Bear, yeah. And my family still talks about Cocaine Bear. My dad was like, "You talked it up so much, I had to go see it." Okay, I know that this episode is not anything about Cocaine Bear, but that Maybe movie was fucking phenomenal. I if love, you haven't I seen Cocaine, Cocaine Bear, Bear, 
Elizabeth Banks as a director is fucking insane, and I love it. This is the last movie you'll ever see with Ray Liotta. I mean, come on. Ah, so good, so good. But this isn't about Cocaine Bear. Yeah, as much (laughs) as I wish it were. All right, so get this. Here's another funny story. We went to the, uh, Christina and I went to the ACX 12 cinema. Yeah, that's new, isn't it? It's brand spanking new here in Omaha. It's out in Elkhorn. And uh, what's great about it, is there's, like, a restaurant that's attached directly to the movie theater with a very open path to the theater after you've eaten. So whatever you don't eat at your table, instead of getting, like, movie theater food, you can just pick up your leftovers and go to the movie. Oh, that's so cool. So, yes, because, like, we had, like, we ordered a pizza and wings, and we didn't eat all of it because we brought half of it to the movie. But we also got Junior Mints. (laughs) That's my candy of choice is Junior Mints. I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, I... Pull There's up. a Seinfeld joke in there somewhere. <laughs> no, there is a Seinfeld episode with the Junior Mints. Do yeah. you remember? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them gets lodged in a an open heart surgery, and the guy dies. No, he lives. Oh, yeah, that's right. He lives, but there's, like, some complications or something. The opposite. They say something, something miraculous happened that saved oh, him. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Come on, get, get up with your Seinfeld. Yeah, lore, I need to man. go back and watch that series again. All right, so here's the funny bit of Christine and I's viewing experience. We went to the restaurant, got her candy, got her movie, whatever. I did not realize I bought the 3D version of the movie. Oh, no. I did not realize I got the 3D movie (laughs) tickets. So Christine and I were in the theater. We got there a little later where it was already like the lights were off, but they were doing the previews like five minutes before the movie starts. And Christine looks over at me all of a sudden and goes, "Um, were we supposed to get 3D glasses? (laughs) And I'm like, what? No. Why would you say that? And she's like, everyone looks like they're wearing 3D glasses. It it can't be a coincidence of everyone just having shit eyesight. (laughs) And I was like, Christine, I did not buy the 3D version of this movie, all right? And it was literally right when I said that, that the screen said, you may put your 3D glasses on now. (laughs) And I was like, shit, I'll be right back. Uh Uh-oh. So I went out to the, uh, because apparently they give you the glasses at like the ticket booth if you haven't bought your tickets yet, right? Well, uh, I was looking around, and I couldn't find any of the ticket tellers. It was the oddest damn thing, because there was a line of people like, I want to see a movie. Working at, past working at a movie theater, that checks out. <laughs> yeah. And if, if all of the movies are showing, you will not find a single attendant out in what the lobby. What is up with that? Because they're all fucking around in the back. So I was just like, okay, I need the glasses. The movie's about to start. I'm not missing a second of this. And I see them right there behind the booth, so I just opened up the little door. I grabbed my glasses. <laughs> just left. <laughs> That's what you do. What else? Uh, nobody said anything. Guarantee a couple employees saw you and they're just like, eh, <laughs> he did it himself. He he has oh, been Oh, thank helped. God. Now I don't have to go over there and help this guy. Fucking love the people that help <laughs> themselves. So, yeah, it was a good viewing experience. And then, I, you, you know, we had the seats with the... Every movie theater needs the reclining seats nowadays. Oh, God, with the yes. Heater, and it's... I'm all about it. Yeah. So make, much better. Make movie going like sitting in my basement. Mm-hmm. Fucking big fan of that. Because if I could watch this in my basement, I would. I mean, <laughs> we won't stream it illegally. <laughs> <laughs> Pirate Bay's not making a comeback. <laughs> anyway. Anywho. So there was the movie going experience for us. Now, So how was 3D? Was it? Yeah, you, you want to know about the 3D? Was it a bit disorienting? How many 3D movies do you think you've been to in your life? Um, I haven't been to a 3D movie since like 2012. Yeah, it's been a long time, right? 
the thing about 3D is, like, the novelty is cool for, like, 10 minutes. And then it wears off. You don't even notice it anymore. That's exactly how I felt. It's mm. like, it didn't enhance the experience for me. It also didn't take away from the experience. Yeah. That's it, how I honestly feel. And thinking back on that movie, there really weren't a lot of moments that could have been utilized by 3D. Like, there was nothing that ever came at the screen. Literally only one. It was when Bowser was holding up that big bouquet of flowers that were piranha plants. Oh, and they snap at the screen. <laughs> that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like the only part of the movie that would literally, ever... Literally, that was it. Oh, that's dumb. Not every movie needs to be 3D. I think we need to put 3D to bed. It was a cool 90s gimmick. I totally but agree. Now we're heading into an era of augmented reality. We don't need 3D. I 100% agree so that was our personal movie going experience and you know what everybody has had their own amazing experience with this movie so far we don't need to just take anyone's words for it right because according to the box office all right in the first week the first opening weekend for this movie right 205 million dollars domestic 377 million dollars worldwide wow yeah that's a big chunk of change. Just so you know this, and again, we'll go over this in quick take stuff later, but that is the third biggest, like, animated movie, like, drop ever. It's beaten Frozen 2. Um, hell, and uh, there's only two movies, which we'll talk about here, because I want to do a guessing game with you later, that beat it. But the point is that that's fucking amazing. Like, everybody has gone to see this movie, which is why, of course, we're going to say spoilers, but chances are you've probably already seen the fucking movie. Yeah, 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 definitely. I mean, it has been a week, um, and it's just too good of a movie to talk to not talk about. Oh, so now you're agreeing with JP on his spoilers. Well, this isn't video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. I have a different criteria for movie and TV. That's not true. You, the, the example you always use is ruining the sixth sense. It is absolutely not true. <laughs> Everything I just said was a lie. God damn it. But that's okay. I'll play along today anyway. Yeah. All right. So the movie's doing well. We had good experiences at the theater. Let's talk movie. Now, just like we're doing a normal game review, we've got categories we've got to talk about. We've got to talk about the art. We got to talk about characters, story, the music, Easter eggs. We've got a lot of shit to talk about here. But let's start with something I think you and I can both agree on. This movie was gorgeous. It was. It it looked like Mario. Illumination did one hell of a job. Absolutely. Kind of a, a little fun tidbit about the art style. It was kind of towards the beginning of the movie when Mario was like walking out of dinner angrily. Yeah. Uh, there was some girl just a couple seats down from me that goes, Wow, he's really tiny. And like the whole theater just goes nuts. <laughs> It was so funny seeing that. But, he's really um, tiny. He is really tiny. <laughs> like, wow, he's really tiny. That's what his, his trash father tells him. Like, Mario, you're trash. You're small. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I really liked that aesthetic because, yes, Mario is really tiny, but whenever you start a Mario game, he's little Mario. and like That's that, true. The movie goes into that later as well. But, no, that was a good art style. I thought that was kind of funny. The thing is, though, when we were talking about this originally, like everything we knew about the Mario movie just from the trailers, you know, from the second they said Illumination was in charge of this, I knew that they weren't going to have much of a problem with the art style, right? Yeah. I'm, Illumination is the same studio that does, like, uh, Despicable Me and therefore the Minions. They've done 
uh, the Lorax, the Secret Life of Pets, even though most of their movies, in my opinion, are pretty mid. Like, the one thing they never fumble on is the animation. Oh, yeah. No, the animation is always pristine. But even with that level of polish, though, I really feel like they took the extra step with the Super Mario Bros. movie. Now, was that because Shigeru Miyamoto was looking over their shoulder the entire time? Yeah, probably. (laughs) The Nintendo ninjas were cracking the whip. (laughs) 100%. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I... I didn't have any qualms with it, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. I mean, what what else can you give the graphics and art style for this movie other than a perfect score? In my absolutely, I mean, when it came down to just things like that weird scene where Bowser was pulling hair out of Luigi's mustache, <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, that's a great mustache!" Yeah, no, and like you could tell the individual hairs and like from when Bowser was plucking just one hair or grabbing the whole mustache, like it all just the collision, how all of the animation mixed together just was perfect. Now I have three favorite beautiful scenes in the movie, but I want to hear yours too. What just based on how it looked alone, what are your favorite scenes from the movie? Um, I really liked the DK jungle. I thought that was beautiful. Did you like when that uh, guy slipped on the banana peel in that cart and exploded? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. There were so many great movie- moments in this movie. Um, I really liked the montage scene where Mario, Peach, and Toad were going from, like, landscape to landscape. Like, they hit the Yoshi world. They went across yeah. Cheap Cheap Bridge. Um, that, to me, instilled the notion that this was going to be a grand journey. One of the biggest smiles I had on my face was that part with the Yoshis passing by. Not even truly an Easter egg, it's just Yoshis, but I'm like, Yoshi! Yeah, yeah, it was so cute. It's like being in the car. You ever been in the car with Lauren, and then you pass by a field of cows, and they go, look, cows! (laughs) (laughs) Cows! Like that, that but with Yoshi. Yeah, basically. Um, In my final scene... Has to have been the Darklands. Darklands, okay. When Luigi first arrives and gets chased by all the dry bones. Dude. That was such a cool scene. I That was one of my favorite scenes in the movie, too. Like, when the dry bones are coming after Luigi, I was like, this is legitimately pretty creepy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, I, I gave a really hearty chuckle at that scene with, like, all the dead trees behind Luigi because then he goes like, Mario. It's like, I'm ah. like, this is Luigi's mansion. Why is no one else laughing at this? Dude, we're in the MCU, the Mario Cinematic Universe. Yeah, now. it's there still the MCU. There could be a Luigi's Mansion movie. Oh God, please! For a, I, I, we'll talk about a sequel down down the line in this episode. But introducing E. Gad as a character, dude, fantastic. One hundred percent. Who would voice E. Gad? You think? Oh God, who would voice E. Ken Jong? Ken, Ken Jong. Uh, he was the Spanish teacher in Community. Oh, that guy. And yeah. he was in The Hangover. He was too, in The right? Hangover. That guy. Okay. Yeah, 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 he was in The Hangover. Ken Jong could absolutely voice Professor Egad. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're going for a different vibe, J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons would also be that great, one. too. I think your guy would probably be better. I just want to see J.K. Simmons. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just love want, He's my favorite. The guy needs work. I just want to see him work a little bit, man. So what were your favorite scenes? Yeah, thanks for asking. Yeah, see, I'm considerate. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's going to be the title of this episode. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. All right, so I had three. Um, 
number one, seeing Rainbow Road. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I wish that they had had a Rainbow Road that was actually true to one of the Rainbow Roads from a Mario Kart. Yeah. Especially, like, I my favorite Rainbow Road is either um, probably the first one on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like the first actual one with the train. Oh, okay. Beautiful yeah. Rainbow Road. Or the one from, the, uh, from Double Dash. Well, the unfortunate thing about uh, Rainbow Road is they take place in space. Like, yeah, most y- Rainbow right. Roads are in space, so you can't really do that. What they could have done, though, is instead of when every the whole Mario posse was driving in the middle of the day on Rainbow Road, make it starry-lighted nighttime and make it look you like could've. it's in space. They because could have. It was, it was over, like a bottomless pit or like a bunch of water and so the reflection but from the water to like a starry night would make it feel like it was in space and give it that rainbow road you're right okay um the first time bowser uses his fire and honestly the only time on the ice penguin thing because we saw that from a trailer but oh yeah that was shot for shot i was really bored for that whole moment yeah because we've already seen it been there done that but still it blew me away how good that looked i mean god so fucking good oh yeah no there was something about that bowser fire that was like that seems separate from the movie like that seems real and scary it was fucking good and yeah I, one of my the parts that made christine laugh the most was actually that beginning scene where it's like it seems so epic with the Penguins throwing snowballs, and then they zoom out, and it's nothing. Do you yield? I do not. <laughs> I, do, I do not. I do not. I do not. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, there was one more. I don't know why I liked this so much, but the wedding scene with some of the ice that Peach was doing okay. was pretty good. But also, when everything was getting sucked back into the pipe, where everything was going to Brooklyn, you know, going to Brooklyn, a fate worse than death. (laughs) I have questions about that scene, (laughs) by the way. Like, what the fuck? Oh, we'll get there. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get there, though. But uh, the point is this. Art style, I don't think you can fault that movie whatsoever. They made everything gorgeous whether it was like the characters looked amazing the landscapes looked amazing mushroom kingdom looked amazing easter eggs and the references they were able to like especially anytime you saw like a physical easter egg like one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when mario first gets to the mushroom kingdom and uh, him and toad pass by that antique booth yeah because you knew that was just going to be a sea of yeah you know, fucking easter eggs Oh, yeah, yeah, There was the music box from Super Mario Bros. 3. Yeah. Um, there was a Yoshi's egg. There was something from Super Mario World. Yeah, so I'm just like, it's moments like that where it's like, okay, are they going to be able to, like, animate this in a way where it's still, like, true to the original? And, I mean, it's easy enough because it's pixel art, but still, there was something magical about it. Yeah, 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 because they were, like, 8-bit Yeah. in it, this 3D animated movie. So the, the way it looks, I mean... Illumination always does a good job with the way its movies look, but even with even then, I feel like they really did a great job. Like if they had it uh, on eight for all these other movies, they really pumped it up to ten. Absolutely, for like Mario Man. Like I said before, you can't give anything less than a perfect score for graphics and art style. All right, let's move on to characters. Yes. Now, when we first talked about. How we thought this was going to go, we talked about how each voice actor was more than likely going to do in their roles. And now we've got the six most prominent characters I want to talk about. them. First starters, how do you think Chris Pratt did as Mario? See, and this is the biggest shock to me. 
watching the movie, there were only like two, maybe three occasions where I realized that Chris Pratt was voicing Mario. Okay, the, what are those parts, by the way? Uh, the first part was right after the TV commercial when Luigi's like, you think the accents were a little too much? And Mario's like, no, 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 no. The accents were perfect. Yeah, the accents. That was Chris Pratt. Uh, the other time had to have been like when Mario had returned to Brooklyn and was like talking with uh, his family before going back to the Mushroom Kingdom. And you're just like, this is just sad Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's just sad Chris Pratt. Um, but other than that, he worked on his Mario. I still think it was just okay. You disagree? You you don't think so? Well, I, it was so like, I'll say this, it didn't take away from my enjoyment. That's literally what I said, by the way, the last time. It's like, <laughs> I don't think Chris Pratt's voice acting is going to take away from my enjoyment. I also don't think it's going to enhance the experience. I stand by that, 100%. Like, it wasn't bad to the point where I was like, you know, like, oh, Chris Pratt, you fucked up the movie. By no means do I feel like I have to give any, like, praise to Chris Pat. Pratt for that performance. I'm just like, eh. Yeah. You went in there, and instead of being mid, you cranked it up from five to six. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting him to work on his Mario as much as he did. I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't say that he was the perfect Mario, but he wasn't a bad Mario. Like, it, it was an immers- immersive it, break. No, not at all. I just... And I don't know, come to think of it, like, if it was Mamma Mia the entire time, like, that might have been a little distracting. But. Yeah, maybe. You might be right there. But there's no question that Mario's performance was the weakest of the roster. I truly believe so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially when you get into, like, okay, Charlie Day is Luigi. Phenomenal. I knew that was going to be fire. Loved I it. I knew it. I did not realize that Charlie Day has the Luigi's Mansion Mario voice down so fucking well. He doesn't even need to try. It's just Charlie Day being Charlie Day. Like, he's got such a, like, sporadic, like, weird way of talking that that's Luigi, man. It just, it fits so well. That was good casting. Yeah, yeah. No, no criticism. No notes on Luigi. He was perfect. Loved him. I 100% uh, Charlie Day. I, in fact, my only complaint is I wish they had more Luigi because he was... Same. Luigi was very absent in this movie. Yeah, I truly think so. Like, I get it. L- most of the movie, Luigi was kidnapped, but still. Okay, but the whole ending of the movie was like, oh, we're Mario and Luigi together. Like, oh, we're brothers. We can overcome anything. It just didn't feel earned. It didn't. No, it really didn't feel earned. Although that scene with baby Mario and baby Luigi. Oh my God, that was adorable. I loved that scene. All of the hair stood up on the back of my neck because I'm like, those are the spitting image of the babies from Double Dash. Yeah, literally. Like that is what they looked like. So awesome. Oh, it was great. All right. So Luigi, we both agree. Good. Nailed it. Fucking nailed it. Peach. Uh, Her name, Anya Joy Taylor. Yeah, Anya Taylor Joy. Taylor Joy, okay. Um, serviceable. Yeah. She did good. Yeah. Um, again, uh, like, nothing outstanding that blew me away, but I was like, okay, that's a good Peach voice. Like, Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know what else really Peach could do. I was a little surprised with how many lines Peach had, but, yeah, it, she was great. She did really well as Peach. Well, that's what's really interesting is, like, they, a lo- I've, I've seen a lot of reviewers call this another bare bones, like, Mario game, but I'm like, how many times besides Smash Bros. does Peach actually get a chance to, like, 
not be the damsel in distress. <laughs> Never. <laughs> right. So, except for, do you remember the game Super Princess Peach or something? Yeah. That came out for, I think it was the... It was the Wii DS? U. Was it the Wii U? I'm pretty something. sure it was the Wii U. So, yeah, uh, she did good. She did good. Mm-hmm. You know, just she did good. Yeah, yeah, she did good. All right, here is probably the one I was a little let down by. Oh, really? Oh, just a little bit. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key is Toad. Hmm. And I don't want... Here's the thing, though, is I've been trying to decide... If what I'm disappointed by is his performance, which I don't think it is, or just that I feel like they could have done a lot more with Toad. I think it's the latter. I, I totally agree. Because I didn't see anything wrong with Toad's performance. In fact, Lauren told me leaving the movie theater that Toad was her favorite character, that Keegan-Michael Key killed his role. That's what I, Keegan-Michael Key kills everything. He's just he fucking phenomenal. So- he is so good. I just, I, I wish they gave Toad a little more. Like, he was used as a comic relief, kinda. And when I first knew that Keegan-Michael Key was gonna be Toad, I was like, great, they're really, really gonna hammer it on with the uh, comic relief. But they didn't. I feel like they used him really sparingly, and it actually felt, I felt like I wanted more. Yeah, I could get that. But I mean, you did have a lot of really cool scenes where, like, when they were customizing their Mario Kart. True, true. Toad picks the fucking monster I, I liked, truck. I liked that a lot. You're right. Increasing his weight from light to super heavy. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You got me there. I mean, they, they had a bunch of scenes like that, but I do agree with you that Toad probably could have been a more starring role in this position. Just a couple more moments, I think. But the other thing about this is this movie felt so quick. Like, I feel like almost oh, every character... No, yeah, it wasn't long, but I almost feel like every character could have had more utilization to the story and the content and even the storytelling. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Donkey Kong. (laughs) Seth Rogen. He did good. He did very, very good. I was very happy with Seth Rogen. And you know why? Because he got to be Seth Rogen. He did. Yeah, he got to be Seth Rogen. And, like... You really saw that overlap of Seth Rogen's personality with Donkey Kong. It's just it really did feel right. I gotta hand it to him. Like I didn't I know told about you, that, but it. I told you Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong was like a he, cast dream cast. He even got to laugh. Yeah, he even <laughs> on Rainbow Road. You heard Seth Rogen's shit shit eating laugh. Well, that uh, that and the part where Mario got super tiny while they were fighting. Oh and yeah, he looks down and goes, <laughs> "You got this. You got the tiny shroom." Yeah, I'm like, okay, like that's good. That's good. He's, he did a good job. Seth, Donkey Kong was one of my favorite characters in the movie. I was just going to say that Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, I think, was my favorite character. Mm, very good. Um, but I'm going to have to disagree with you because I think the award for the best performance of the movie goes to Jack Black as Bowser. I mean, he did really kill he, it with his role. He, like, he killed threw, it. He threw everything into he it. He's so good, man. What I appreciated so much about this movie was they utilized Jack Black as Jack Black. Like, 100%. Bowser was on the fucking piano for most of this movie, and it was awesome. <laughs> like, sang that Peaches song? Yeah. I thought that stuck in my peaches, head. Peaches, 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 Peaches. I thought that stuck in my fucking head. I'm like, I want, is, it's just Jack Black. I want to play, I, like, I want to rip that audio clip, and whenever we bring Peaches back onto this podcast, I want to oh. play that to intro him, just Bowser going, I Peaches, think, Peaches, Peaches. I think it's fucking amazing. He did, he did good. 
I, when Bowser wanted to be like that more serious, like what we saw at the beginning of the movie with the penguins, he was, and he killed it. Yeah. Uh, when he wanted to sing, he just fucking killed it. When, <laughs> like, even in the final Brooklyn fight, just Brooklyn. Yeah. I was like, he, like, I was like, he's actually doing a really good job right now. Like, he's just, he's so good, man. Yeah, he, he was. What a great choice. Fucking phenomenal. And like. His his tone and his range was great for like when they were having that heavy metal celebration party after after stealing the penguin superstar and everything. Everyone's jamming out and it was like lava. Bowser stands up and he's like, "Gentlemen, we're going to have a wedding." And everyone's just like, "What?" Except for one Koopa. That's Yay! I'm not going to lie. It's really funny cuz I know that scene was supposed to be like this like gross change of the happy mushroom kingdom to the dingy like world of Bowser but I'm like yo that kind of looks lit like all the Koopas on stage everyone's right? drinking having fun I'm like I want to hang out there shit where's my wristband at I'll, I'll meet you there <laughs> shit man that looks like a lot of fun uh, yeah and like the song pretty, it slapped too that yeah, the Koopas the, like, were playing damn. like I I would be bopped was to bop- that dude I was I was bopping my head a little bit I was like okay fuck yeah yeah okay. yeah yeah all right. right, so we went over all the characters, all of them good, some more so than others, DK being my favorite, Bowser being yours. Dude, I don't know. It's so good. The, I was the most pessimistic about the casting when the movie first got announced, but I was pleasantly... I think everybody did good a good job. I think the synergy was there. Yeah, it was good. It yeah, was good. Absolutely. As on, on like a final note to that, none of these characters did bad. None of no. these voice actors put on a poor performance. All of them killed it. Oh, also, voice acting. Did you... Uh, we'll get into this with the Easter eggs, but yes. did you notice Charles Martinet as yep. Jumpman? Yep, right yeah. after the plumbing commercial when Luigi's like, do you think the accents were a little I too much? I thought it was great. I thought it was a great. Yahoo! Yahoo! I was like, I started laughing my ass off. And like Lauren leans into me. She's like, what is so funny? I'm like, that's the voice actor for Mario. That was Charles Martinet. She's like, that was Mario? I'm like, yeah. That was real Mario. That was real Mario. And I mean, I I expected Charles Martinet to be a cameo in this movie. But I didn't expect him to be like the perfect cameo. I thought that, yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm like, that's good. You can't do the Super Mario Bros. movie without a cameo from Charles Martinet. 100% you couldn't. Like, I've been feel, I've been getting the feeling like this poor man was snubbed since the beginning. Same. I was like, where is, where's the actual voice actor for Mario? Why isn't he getting oh, at pre- least a yes. cameo? All right. Let's move on to what I think is the weakest part about this movie, understandably. And I'll explain what I mean by it in a minute. The story. And this has been everyone's weakest part, it seems like, across the internet. So first of all, you're right. A lot, Most people who have gone on the internet to talk about this movie so far has talked about the simplicity of the movie, of the plot. And the simplicity isn't really what gets to me, because in my opinion, it's like, look, I get it. It's the Super Mario movie. It's supposed to do fan service for the fans, but it's also a family movie. It's got to make sense for the kids. It's it's got to be a movie. It's got to have a two and a half hour runtime, run you know. So the simplicity isn't necessarily what gets to me. What gets to me is there's a lot of connecting plot points that just did not connect to me at all. Let me give you an example. Mario gets to the Mushroom Kingdom, right now. His he's told by a Toad, "Hey, you've got to find Peach, and once you find Peach, he'll she'll help you find Luigi." Right. So meanwhile, 
Peach knows that Bowser is on his way, right? And she's like, oh, we got to get ready. I got to go talk to the Kong army, right? So that's how they meet is Peach walks out of the meeting room and Mario, this man she's never seen in her life, just walks, runs up to her and she's like, it's, it's a human. You're coming with me. We're going to the Kong army. And I'm like, what? Just like that? No. Yeah. yeah. No explanation? Yeah. It, it did feel very stitched together. Uh, and then they go right into like the montage of Mario training. That didn't feel organic. Like just moving into that. Yeah, like how how the Mushroom Kingdom just instantly places all of their faith into this little mustached, red hat-wearing guy. Well, the Toads seem a little hesitant, like when him and Peach are walking by, the Toads are like, who's that guy? Yeah, yeah, there's that one little Toad who's just like, hey, who's that guy? Who's that guy? He's not important! (laughs) He's not important! I'm like, he's a little important! He's kind of the name of the movie. Okay, and also Mario's whole backstory in the beginning is, you're just a little guy who's not good at anything. Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, that didn't feel earned, like... No, it, it it was just like a jumping off point to, like, motivate Mario to be something bigger than himself, but... <sighs> right, but I... Yeah, and, and I mean, it needed that because the movie needed a push for change, you know, like a change in Mario's lifestyle right. and personality. I just think if they added 10 fucking minutes to the runtime, they could have come up with some mediocre, like, stitch between these giant gaps in plot. Well, how about how quickly the movie wraps up? I mean, you're sitting watching Donkey Kong beat the shit out of Mario in the Kong Arena, and all of a sudden, all of the movie theater servers come by saying, last call, last call. And I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, because then right after that, you know, from the Kong uh, City, they go straight to Rainbow Road, and then Bowser cuts them off, and then they go into Brooklyn, and it's the end of the movie. Right. I didn't like that. I thought the pacing needed to be a little better. Like The pacing was horrible. Because here you go into this movie. To me, it just felt like it was supposed to be two movies or like a four-hour movie, because by the first half should have been like Mario coming to the Mushroom Kingdom uh, gaining the trust of the Kongs and that's like the set out of the journey because now they have all the pieces to like go take the fight to Bowser and then Bowser just cuts them off and ends the movie quicker yeah like I wanted a journey I wanted Mario to go through those worlds we didn't we didn't see world one through eight yeah. Like, we saw, I think it was six total hub worlds between, like, the Penguins, the Mushroom Kingdom, the Darklands, uh, Kong Jungle, and I think Yoshi's Valley was the last place. Okay. Yeah. It, pacing the story, it was serviceable. But I would be much more forgiving if they just connected those points a little bit better. The plot holes were were kind of big. It's my biggest complaint right there. It didn't take away from my fun, though. Like, I was having fun. Exactly. And I mean, at the end of the day, no matter how this story goes, no matter how simple this story is, that's how every fucking Mario game is. Right. Your princess is in another castle. Go find her. Which they did make that joke, by the way. Yeah, they did. They made they only made one joke for uh, your princesses in another castle, and it was fucking great. Yeah, well-timed. I liked it. <laughs> it was. It was, it was very well-timed. But yeah. Only complaints on the story, uh, and really, I only think that the story's pacing was my only criticism. I have one more. Okay. Um, in fact, let's get into it. Uh, music. 
Now, uh, yeah, you just gave me the eyes. Like, really? Yeah. Let me explain. Let me explain. In the movie, whenever they were using Mario music, it was fucking bussin'. Yeah. Like, let me give you an example. In the final fight, in the final fight, when they did the remix of the Power Star music, yeah. I was, like, hyped. I was like, this is good as shit, that man. That was cool. I was like, that's good. What I didn't appreciate is the weird selection of 80s music that they also included in the music. I don't in know. In the movie. I thought it was fire. I need a hero? I thought it was fire. Take on me? Hell yeah, take on Why? me. Why? Who's that for? <laughs> well, what what would you have put in those places? Because I think... More Mario music! Well, I need a hero was, was when they were driving down Rainbow Road, and like, what Mario music would have, ha- would have instilled the notion of the urgency and the battle that was taking place a in front of re- you. A remix of the Rainbow Road music. Do, 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 do. That's almost do, too do, peppy, do. though, because this was the final battle. This was, like, leading to the final battle. This is being All right. ambushed by Bowser. Fine. How about a remix of Bowser's Castle music? Bowser, that one would have been good. Uh, Mario 64, Bowser's Castle. I'm just saying, if like, even if you had taken Mario 64, everybody's favorite Mario game, remixed a couple of tracks from that, like, the underwater music from Mario 64, could you imagine if they had found a place to put that in? And oh, it they like had a, a place to put did that they? in. Did they? Yeah, when the big eel scene. I'm just saying, man. Like, they paid so much extra money to pay AHA for Take On Me. That's the name of the band, by the way, is I AHA. I knew that, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Take <laughs> On Me by AHA. That. Of when they didn't have to, and honestly... It just felt so out of place to me, and it took me out of the moment for just a moment. Where I'm like, come on now, really? Okay, I will agree a little bit. Like, when I heard the song, I was like, hey, I know this song. And I was like, wait, that's a little bit weird. But right, I I don't know. Maybe it's just a, no, a, a matter of the movie couldn't survive on Mario music alone, so they needed <laughs> they to add have. some tracks. Or, okay, fine. What, in my opinion, would have been acceptable? What if they included, like some different tracks from other Nintendo properties. Or even if you're like, nah, it's Mario. It's got to be Mario. Okay, what about something from, like, Smash? Or, yeah. like, I don't know. Uh, there's They could have done something. I think I think you might be right there. I'm um, just saying. I won't knock them too many points for adding the 80s songs, but I think you're right. They definitely could have found some Nintendo tracks because, like, Nintendo has endless amounts of, Fire music. Right. I'm just saying, they could have, man. But you know what? I'll give them credit. Where it matters, they didn't fuck it up. True. The final scene with the Power Star music and the I was like, oh my god, yes. This is good. Okay. And this is also kind of in the Easter eggs category too, which is the next category. But it does follow with the music. Can you guess what my favorite moment of the entire fucking movie was? It was when Luigi answered his phone and the GameCube music played. Close. No, because that was one of my favorite Easter that eggs. Was, that was one of my favorite Easter eggs, too. But no, my favorite moment was when DK was entering the arena and they started playing D- the DK K- rap. Donkey Kong. <laughs> like, that music's playing. I am busting out laughing. Everybody in the theater's fucking looking at me like I'm a goddamn maniac. I'm like, this is Grant Kirkhope, like, people. What's wrong with you what people? What the fuck is wrong with you people? Grant Kirkhope's banger <laughs> is playing. The fucking DK rap. The DK fucking rap. Yes, that was my favorite part. All right, and you know what? We're talking about it now. Let's get into the Easter eggs. Um, so I, w- I, w- I want to go on uh, with what my Easter egg was with the DK rap since it, like, stitches yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is this is probably my top Easter egg. Sitting next to Diddy Kong when Cranky like calls out Diddy Kong to shut up is the entire cast of DK sixty four. Really? Uh, well, maybe not the entire cast because I think I don't think it was Tiny sitting next to uh, Diddy Kong. I think that may have been Dixie Kong. Was Lanky there? I think Lanky was. Chunky was there for sure. Chunky was on Diddy's left side. Yeah. All right. But yeah, yeah. So that was. I thought that was awesome that they included DK sixty four references. God, I want to go see this movie again. <laughs> Me too. I want to own this movie on DVD as soon as possible, please. So yeah, um, that was a great Easter egg. I brought up my favorite, which was the GameCube music on Luigi's phone, because um, I mean, I wasn't there opening night. If I was there opening night, it would have been like when I saw Spider Man all over again, where the whole theater probably would have cheered. Instead. It's really funny because two seats to my left, I always keep a gap seat whenever I can. By the way, this is a side tangent. How great is it that now you can just pre-get your seats at the movie? You don't oh, have to. Oh, love it. Oh, so good. Yeah. Anyway, whenever I'm getting seats for Christine and I, I leave a gap seat. Naturally. Because people suck. Yeah, truly. Except for the guy who was two seats down for me. Because him and I, like, we saw that and we were both kind of like, ooh. And then we looked at each other like, this is going to be my guy through the movie. <laughs> the rest of these people don't know what the fuck's going on, but this guy gets it. <laughs> but this guy gets it. So that was one of my favorites. Uh, the antique shop, when they passed by that, and uh, I almost called it Mushroom City. Mushroom The City. Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is about to be like the holy grail of Easter eggs. And I was right. Tons of great shit in there. It was. Yeah, it was. There was an, something from F-Zero somewhere, wasn't there? Um, I don't remember F-Zero. Kid Icarus was in there. Kid Icarus was in there. Yeah, Kid Icarus was the game that Mario was playing when he On went his to NES. his room yeah. and didn't have his dinner. And then, let's see, uh, I think there was, like, uh, some kind of Fox 64 reference in there with, uh, someone said they saw an R-Wing. Hmm, I never saw an R-Wing, but... Somebody said they saw it, and, I, like, that's why I want to go back now, because I'm like, what did I miss? Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool to see. I didn't see an R-Wing, um... I want to know if this is an Easter egg, and I want to know your opinions on it. Did you take a closer look at the bats? Yeah, the bats in the tree that Luigi stumbled upon. They looked exactly like the bats in Bowser's castle. Did they? Yeah. Because what, what those looked like, they looked like keyses to me. From, from Zelda? Zelda? From Zelda. No, I think, with the, you think so? With how swirly the eyes were, I'm pretty sure that those were Wind Waker bats. That's what the bats if look like in Wind Waker. Dude, if that's true, then I'm embarrassed that I missed that. Because Wind Waker is my favorite game ever made. Well, because I know for certain that those bats weren't swoopers. And swooper is the bat in Mario Universe. Are you sure? I'm positive. Swoopers have never looked like I'll that. I'll be damned. That is that is what uh, Legend of Zelda bats look like. Dude, I'm going to have to go back and take a look at that. Cause... You, you got to. Because I need to know if this was an Easter egg. I mean, if it was a reference to Zelda, 100%. It had to be, because those definitely weren't sweepers. Interesting. I do actually have a complaint for the Easter eggs. Um, take a movie like Wreck-It Ralph. And by the way, I love Wreck-It Ralph. Oh, yeah. I feel like the video game Easter eggs were, like, really, really well spread throughout the movie. With the Mario movie, I felt like the fir- the Easter eggs, the bulk of the Easter eggs you could find in, like, the first 20 minutes. And then after that, it was just like every once in a while. I think it would have been so fun if they just kept it up with the Easter eggs. I know there's plenty. Oh, see, I don't... I thought every single scene had an Easter egg. Maybe. Like, 
like how Luigi, when he entered the Dark Lands and he was just kind of walking around, was like, Mario. That was very subtle, but that was totally Luigi's Mansion. Right. And I, I just think that if you looked very carefully, depending on how characters were standing, what they said, I think every single scene was a reference. Right. Right. Man, so good. All right. Anything on Easter eggs before uh, we move on to a couple of final things? Oh, there were there were too many to count. Uh, we have talked about our favorite Easter eggs. So if you want to let the Game T know what your favorite Easter eggs were, go ahead and shout us out on Twitter. Game T Podcast X. All right. A couple of final notes. Here's something I really appreciate that the Mario movie did. They did such a good job of not pandering to the youth with stupid fucking humor. Here's what I mean by that. In the Sonic movie, I literally called out where there was going to be farts, where there was going to be random dancing, because apparently that's hysterical. Yeah. I didn't, like, you know, just all the shit that panders to the youth, a Fortnite reference for some reason. The Mario movie did not do any of that. And I really appreciated that. And it was still fire for kids and adults. Totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, just a little side note. I mean, did you notice that, too? I did. You're watching, I you're did. like, uh, thank you guys for not doing that. Absolutely. Well, because Lauren and I, just a few, like, last week, we watched uh, Sonic 2, and I didn't like it, because it was it was just pandering to the youth. That 100%. There was nothing. There was fun. Yeah, but there was nothing for the video game enthusiast. There was nothing for the adult. It was just a movie about a video game character for kids. This was a movie about a video game character that can be enjoyed for all audiences because it, you know, right. It that's that's who the audi- that's who they were marketing for. So yeah, the fact that there was not none, none of the stupid pandering humor that movies like this usually kind of become a victim of, like I very much appreciate. Yeah, that. it it was very true to what Mario is as a video game character. So earlier in this episode, I made a joke, but not really, about the MCU, the (laughs) Mario Cinematic Universe. So the biggest piece of speculation that people have been making at this point is what are we going to get next? Well, it's our turn. So, Czar, what do you think we're going to get next? A Luigi's Mansion movie? Are they going to branch off to Super Mario Bros. 2? Where's Waluigi? Where's Wario? Where's Yoshi? Where's Old Man Jenkins? (laughs) Okay, I do... Something you just said I do want to hit on because um, since we are kind of towards the end of this episode, there were two end credit scenes. Wait, what? You didn't know that? I only saw one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The second, There's another? Yeah, it was all the way at the very, very end of the credits before what the happened? lights came on. It was really dumb. I waited the entire movie because I was like, I bet Wario's going to come out of the pipe and be like, you want fun? Wario show you fun. It's a pretty good Wario impression, by the way. I try. I try. I've been practicing since I was four. (laughs) But no, we didn't get that. All we saw was a Yoshi egg sitting in the sewer system next to the green pipe. And it like wiggles a little bit. And then the screen goes dark and you hear Yoshi. And that's it. Well, we already saw Yoshi's. Yeah, I know. And I was pissed. I was like, no fun. What was the point of that end credit scene? To know that a Yoshi egg made it back to Brooklyn, I guess? But we saw fucking Yoshi's earlier in the yeah, movie. Yeah, Yoshi's going to be the least threatening thing to Brooklyn after they saw what they saw. Yeah, fucking right? But no, I I, I think it's going to be a sequel. 
hopefully, um, before we get anything else. Yeah, there's going to be multiple, I can tell you. Yeah, well, there's definitely going to be multiple, but I think for them to truly build out a Mario Cinematic Universe, they're going to do a sequel to test the waters, and if the sequel hits, then they'll expand. Maybe a Kirby movie, maybe a Legend of Zelda movie. Oh, don't say that. You're going to get me so excited. (laughs) A Zelda movie? Oh, I think they could do it well. Um, I mean, we've already got Pokemon movies too, but yeah, I think this is going to branch out into what you said, a Mario Cinematic Universe. All right. Well, with that said, we're reaching the end here. We've gotten out our grievances. We've said what we love about the movie, what we think could have been better. One last chance for some final thoughts before we get into a score. I don't know. I don't know if I have any. I think we've left it all out on the table today. If you haven't seen this movie, it's good. It's a good damn movie. It's good. And I think it's probably the best movie I'll see this year. I don't know about that. I Like, don't get me wrong. I had fun. It was good. I, but I felt like a lot of the things were done to the extent of the bare minimum rather than the, the story mostly. Like, I just felt like even if it was a movie that's mostly supposed to be for all ages, like, you could have done more. Yeah, there's no question about that. They could have polished it. There could be some things they could have added. I At the end of the day, though, I was I was satisfied with the movie. I was, too. So, that brings us to the score. I want to hear yours first. I'm going to give this a 9.2. 9.2. All right. I gave it an 8.9. Hey, okay. So, that's pretty close. That's pretty close. Yeah. I like It's literally the story, man, and the pacing. I felt like if they just worked on that... When I say 10 minutes, I literally mean 10 minutes. If they added 10 minutes to the runtime, to even just making lazy little bridge transitions. To... It could have changed everything. You remember Back to the Future where Marty and McFly and Doc, John Mulaney has a joke about this. They never explain how they became friends <laughs> or why they know each other. That's what I feel like. <laughs> uh, that's That's fair. There were some things that I feel like the studio was... They just wrote it off as it's Mario. People understand that. People get that. Yeah. And so they didn't ha- they didn't feel the need to explain certain aspects. So yeah, I feel like both of our scores were really good. Uh, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I know you are too. Absolutable. All right, it's out there. We've done it. Oh, also spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't know in at this moment Spoiler. in the episode, there are spoilers. All right, now to keep the day Mario themed, because I'm having so much fun over here, we have two uh, quick takes. I'll take the first one, and if you want to take the second. All right. Okay, no, 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 never mind. Don't open up that second link, because I'm going to quiz you. Okay. All right, first link. Super Mario Bros. Shigeru Miyamoto has a suggestion for watching the movie. Um, Do you have any idea what that suggestion is? Uh, Is it watch it backwards? Ooh. (laughs) No. (laughs) I bet you'd pick out Easter eggs pretty easily. No, his suggestion is literally, he said you should go see the movie five times. And I'm like, well, of course you're going to say that. Yeah, because you're getting paid every time I go see the movie. I'm like, isn't that very convenient for you, Shigeru Miyamoto? (laughs) Maybe you should make a movie that only needs to be watched once. Don't get me wrong, I'm going to see it five times. I just feel attacked. That's all. Yeah. Just a little attacked, but I'm still going to go see it. Take all 60 of my dollars. I don't care. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I just think that's fucking funny. Just the, yeah, to get the most out of this experience, just need to go see the movie six times. Like, it's not that big a deal. Like, <laughs> motherfucker. 
Well, you heard it here. You got to see it five times to fully get it. You don't uh, get it. You don't get it. If you don't get it, you don't get it. All right. Now, I wanted to also quiz this. I wanted to quiz you on this. All right. Okay. Earlier, I said that the Super Mario Bros. movie has risen to number three on the top animated movies of all time. That's like, you know, box office, right? Okay. What do you think the first two are? Okay. So it beat out Frozen 2. I gave that away for you, yeah, but yes, yeah, yeah. it did. Bre- it did beat out Frozen Two, and so there are two more movies ahead of it, both animated. There's only, th- by the way, there's only three studios on this entire list: Disney, huh. DreamWorks, and Illumination. Okay, I'm gonna say Despicable Me is ahead of. That's a good guess, actually, but no. Mm, mm. Um. Okay. So what about Toy Story 3, 4? Dude, those are really good guesses because Toy Story 4 is number 7 and Toy Story 3 is number 9. Hey, okay, well, at least I, they hit the top 10. All right, I'll start giving you some hints. Okay, okay. Uh, okay so um, one of the movies is actually a sequel. Okay. The other movie is um, considered by some to be one of the greatest Disney movies of all time. Okay. Um, if not the best Disney movie ever made, the best Disney. Okay. What? What? what how recent are these movies? <laughs> okay. So let's start with the number two spot. Um, the sequel came out within the last couple of years, but its predecessor is about fifteen to twenty years old. Okay. Um, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Well, that's the only movie that came out recently, and its predecessor is like. 20 years old. It's a superhero movie. Oh, it's a superhero movie. Oh, Spider-Man. We're getting there. It, it's not the uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Nope. Hmm. Superhero. Fuck, man. Dude, I... you're going to hit yourself when I tell you what it is. Well, I'm going to need you to tell me. Otherwise, we're going to be here all night. Incredibles 2. Oh, fuck. Of course it's The Incredibles yeah, 2. Yeah, The Incredibles God 2. Damn it. That's oh. Okay, that's number two. Number one. Greatest Disney movie of all time. Okay, think about Disney Renaissance. Uh, like the golden era of Disney. I'll give you a hint. You don't see any people in this movie. What? Can you feel love <laughs> tonight? <laughs> oh, the Lion King. It's God the Lion damn it. King. Of Come course on it's the now. fucking Lion King. You're ashamed of yourself. Well, I don't consider the Lion King to be one of the greatest Disney movies what are you of talking all time. About? Lilo and Stitch exists. Oh, I love Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) I also love Hercules. Yeah, Hercules is great, too. Um, All right. You know what? Just for shits and gigs, one is Lion King, two is Incredibles 2, three is the Super Mario Bros. movie, and five is Frozen 2. Do you know what number four is? I don't. Finding Dory, actually. Really? It's not Finding Nemo? No, Finding Dory. Weird. Yeah, I thought so, too. That is weird. All right, brother. There's one last thing to do today. I'm going to leave it to you. We got to talk about upcoming game releases. All right. On April 12th, we have Ghostwire Tokyo for the Xbox Series. Also on the 12th, we have Murderous Muses for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Rusted Moss for the PC. War Tales for the PC. Wild Frost for the Switch and PC. And finally, moving away from April 12th, on the 13th, we have Beyond the Long Flight, Cannon Dancer, Ozman, for the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, uh, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Switch. 
Dogfight, a, sos- a sausage bomber story for the PlayStation yeah, 4, the- <laughs> Xbox yeah. Series, Switch, and PC. Hello Kitty and Friends, Happiness Parade for the Switch. That sounds lovely. Shard Punk, Vermin Fall for the PC. So Color for the Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Voo Dolls for the PC. And finally, moving away from April 13th, on the 14th, we have Basketball Pinball for the PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Uh, Farm Slider for the Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Switch. Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection for the Switch, PS4, and PC. Now moving away from the 14th, on April 18th, we have Disney Speedstorm for the PC, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, all early access. Keep going. (laughs) God of War for the PC. God of Rock. God of Rock, not God of War. God of Rock for the PC, Switch, PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, Xbox One. Minecraft Legends for the Switch, PC, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Xbox One, Xbox Series. Puzzle Quest 3 for the Xbox Series, Xbox One, PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4. And finally, our last game on April 18th, The Mage Seeker, a a League of Legends story. For the PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Wow, I'm really glad I didn't have to read that. Holy fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (sighs) All right, hype up game. Um, none. I'm gonna say Ghostwire Tokyo. Hello Kitty. Fine. Happiness parade. That, okay, fine. You got me there. Okay, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, the first hour. I can't. I, I guess an hour. the first hour of the, <laughs> the game. The first hour's been okay. <laughs> I mean, look, with no bullshit, this actually was one of the games I was the most excited about from that OG uh, PlayStation State of Play showcase. And I haven't given it a lot yet, but it seems like a really interesting premise. So if you're into the supernatural, or if you're just a fucking weeb that likes shit from Japan, no matter what it is, try Ghostwire Tokyo. You might get a kick out of it. Well, there you go. All right, man. I'm done. (laughs) I'm going to go see the Super Mario movie again. Let's get out of here, my guy. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Bye. A Heard at Sports Network production.